0: Good morning, and welcome to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make our community such a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Here's your host for East Tennessee Now.
1: Are you ready for some of the best music you'll ever hear? Are you ready for some of the best barbecue you'll ever taste? Then mark your calendar. For May 20th, that weekend, you need to be in Sevierville for the 18th Bloomin' Barbecue Food and Music Festival. There are a lot of surprises this year as well. And Amanda Marr, Director of Communications and Marketing for the Sevierville Chamber of Commerce, is going to share those with us.
2: We have completely rebranded for this year. We have always had a tremendous amount of top quality bluegrass entertainment. And we are still going to have some amazing bluegrass artists at the event this year. But we've also expanded a little bit more, and we're going to be offering a lot of Americana artists, um, some country, some pop. So it's really going to be a very fun musical event. We have got um, three stages of entertainment, and we've got over 20 artists that are scheduled to perform. So we're really looking forward to the event in downtown Sevierville this year.
1: Wow. And especially since you had it, haven't had it in a couple of years, this should probably bring out a lot of people as well.
2: We really think it will. There's so much that's exciting about it. Not only because we're back after two years, we've got a, a whole new brand to the event, still bringing quality bluegrass, quality barbecue, quality Americana, great music, um, tons of entertainment for the whole family. But downtown Sevierville has got a whole new look as well. We've recently completed a streetscape program down there, and we've widened the sidewalks. And we've attracted a lot of new businesses, uh, new boutiques and restaurants and uh, galleries and just great places to check out. So those places will be open during the event as well. So there's there's going to be so much to see and do there. You know, you've got the event, you've got experiencing downtown, and we've got a lot of special happenings throughout the event as well.
1: Ooh, what are some of those special happenings?
2: Well, one that we're really excited about is a brand new storytelling area. It's called the Teller's Circle, presented by ETSU, and they actually have a storytelling program at their university, which is a super cool thing. I I don't think that there are many universities um, that offer an actual degree program in storytelling, and so we're very excited that they are going to have out have about 15 tellers from their program that are going to be on site at the event on Saturday. We'll also have storytelling on Friday, but the ETSU tellers will be there Saturday. We're very excited about that part. I think that people are going to really enjoy that because storytelling is such an important part of every culture, um, but particularly here in the Southeast. So we're excited about that. We're also going to have historic walking tours throughout the event. We've got one scheduled on Friday, uh, May 20th at 6 p.m., and then we've got three scheduled on Saturday at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m., and those are led by our county historians. So that's a really fun way to kind of explore downtown Sevierville um, while going through the event. And then we've also got the Mountain Soul Vocal Competition that's taking place on Saturday on the back porch stage, and that starts at 11.30 a.m., and that event is so much fun because we've got singers from all over the U.S., who have made it to the final round of the Mountain Soul Local Competition, and they will be in Sevierville on May 21st competing to win that competition. And the thing that's so cool about it is that they have to sing a song written by Sevierville's own Dolly Parton. So it's the only competition of its kind that we know of anywhere in the world that specifically honors the songwriting of Dolly Parton. So we're very proud to have that as part of the event as well.
1: Oh, and everybody loves Dolly.
2: She's she's amazing. And she's written more than 3,000 songs. So there is a a wide range of of songs to choose from for the event.
1: So much entertainment going on for this event. You might as well just plan on hunkering down for the entire weekend in Sevierville.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, we we do have a lot of people, even from Knoxville, who will come and do that, um, get a hotel room in Sevierville and just come on Friday and enjoy everything and come back on Saturday as well. And the thing that's cool about it is, you know, it's free admission, free concerts. We just tell people, just bring a lawn chair. Um, so it's it's a really neat opportunity to see some live music. It's open air. Um, it You know, it doesn't cost you anything to get in. And then, you know, once you get there, you you want to enjoy all the great food. We've got a, a, a Kansas City Barbecue Society sanctioned Tennessee State Championship cook-off that's presented by Bush's Beans, and that is uh, – such a fun part of the event. We've got about 35 cook teams this year uh, competing. And um, one of them is even Johnny Trigg, who um, is a a very famous barbecue cooker in the competitive circuit world. And he's going to be there and cooking one of his, he's doing kind of a grand tour this year before he retires of competitions. And so, you know, we're really excited about that. But Three of those competitors will also be vending their barbecue, so you have a chance to enjoy some real championship barbecue. So you've got great food there, and we've got incredible crafters. Over 40 artists and crafters will be at the event, and so there will be plenty to look at and shop for, plus all the great stores that are are downtown all the time. You will not be bored while you're there, for sure. (laughs) Sounds like my kind of weekend. (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome and you know with with everything else that we've got going on we want to make sure and have activities for the whole family as well so we've got two great areas for kids we've got the days gone by area and we've also got an electric train and some carnival games that are coming this year so um you know even the little kids will be entertained as well during the event so it's it's a lot of fun for everyone
1: Amanda, how long have you guys been working on this event? Because with everything that you've told me about involved, it sounds like that would just be years in the making.
2: Well, you know, this is our 18th annual event. And so, um, you know, we've we have worked over the years to figure out what people like, what they don't like, um, how things need to be set up. And and this year, you know, because of downtown having a new look and feel, um, it is going to be a little bit different just because we've had to move some things around. But I think it's going to be prettier than it's ever been. I think that people are really going to enjoy the flow of it. Um, I just, I'm very excited about this year's event, and uh, you know, I hope hope people come out and join us for it because we are going to have a great time. We're going to have some amazing music and some delicious food.
1: Where should people park if they're just going up for, say, hours at a time?
2: There are a variety of parking spots throughout downtown Sevierville. Um, the event only takes up like a pretty much a cross-section of the area right around the Sevier County Courthouse. Um, so there's there's parking throughout downtown Sevierville. First Baptist Church, Sevierville, is a great place to park. Uh, the address there is 317 Parkway, and um, it's it's about two-tenths of a mile from the event, so that's not far at all. We also do have handicap parking available. Um, it is somewhat limited, but it is right off of Main Street, and it, we do require that you have an official state handicap placard or license plate to park in that lot. So there is quite a bit of parking throughout downtown Sevierville, and, uh, you know, it's, there's no charge for any of the parking as well. So um, it's a, a pretty great way to come up and enjoy a weekend and um, get to check out the Smokies and some great food and music too.
1: How are we looking as far as hotel stays and have those been booking up with this event
2: as far as hotel stays and places to stay when you're in Sevierville for the event we have got some fantastic lodging properties and um, and you can find a link to all of those lodging properties on our website at blumenbbq.com and um, you know there's, there are plenty of options. It's a great weekend because it's right between you've gotten past Mother's Day and it's before Memorial Day weekend, and so it's, it's a nice time to come up to the area. And um, you, You're still able to get rooms. The rooms are at a good price. So a really great time to sort of experience the event and not feel like you're rushed to get back home because you've got a place here to stay. So that's pretty neat. And, you know, our main stage entertainment is so exciting this year, too. On the um, Swaggerty's Farm main stage, we have got headlining performances from Dan Kaminsky on Friday, May 20th, and Leftover Salmon on Saturday, May 21st, and we have had requests to get both of these bands back in Sevierville for several several years, so we are very excited to be presenting them both on that stage this year. I think that we're going to have just a great crowd come out for them because probably many of your listeners know Live concerts are just so popular right now. So many people trying to go to them and get tickets, and and these are pretty hot acts. We are thrilled to have them in Sevierville, and we are thrilled that we're able to offer them free of charge.
1: And, Amanda, what time does
2: all the fun start on that weekend? On Friday, May 20th, the fun gets started at 5 p.m. and runs until 10 p.m., and on Saturday, May 21st, we open at 10 a.m. and run until 10 p.m. that night.
1: Sounds like so much fun, so make plans May 20th and 21st to be in Sevierville for the 18th Bloomin' Barbecue. Thank you so much, Amanda Marr, Director of Marketing and Communications for the Sevierville Chamber
0: of Commerce. Good morning and welcome to East Tennessee Now.
1: May, what a beautiful time here in East Tennessee, but it is a lot of things It's Mother's Day within the month. It's also Older Americans Month and Elder Law Month. Who would have known there's such a thing as elder law? Well, that's what we're digging into today with Julia Price, who is an attorney with Elder Law of East Tennessee. Thank you for being here.
3: Well, thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) And Julia, share with us how you got into elder law because it's a personal experience.
3: I did not know elder law existed. I'm guessing like many of you out there listening, elder law means that I help people navigate through a care system when you're needing care. So it's a combination of some um, doing some public benefits applications, and it's some combination of um, estate planning. So I got into this about seven years ago now. My grandmother was the only family I had left. We had just moved back to Tennessee with our young kids. I was looking for a job, so I was spending most days – at my grandmother's house while my while my twins are at preschool, I'm hanging out with my grandma, looking for a job, looking online, whatever. And one day I show up to my grandmother's house and their newspapers, there were three newspapers on the front door step, which is very unusual, even though my grandmother was 89, reading the newspaper with her coffee, you know, that's a big routine for her. I open the door, all the lights are off, it's very confusing, walk in the house, find her in her bedroom, she had had a fall. Over the weekend, I was only there during the week, so she had a fall over the weekend. I go in and I find her on the floor, freak out. So that leads to the whole, we're in the hospital for a week. We go to rehab at a skilled nursing facility. And while we're there at the facility, people kept telling me all these things. Like, all of her children had passed away. So it was me and my cousins trying to take care of my grandmother. And, um... They're throwing all these words at us. They're like, well, if she needs long-term care, have you thought about Medicaid? Have you thought about choices? Have you Mm -hmm. thought about this? This is a power of attorney. What about a trust? And we're going, what are you talking about? Uh But thankfully for me, literally in my online scrolling while I'm sitting at the hospital trying to find a job, a job posting for Elder Law of East Tennessee pops up and I start reading it going, exactly what we need for my grandmother. We need (laughs) somebody to tell us do we apply for Medicaid? How do we protect assets? Do we have a power of attorney that allows us to do this? How do we take care of her? Do we figure out, does she stay at a nursing home? Does she live with one of us? Like, what do we do? And so, I mean, it ended up that, yes, she lived with me and my family for a bunch of years and and that's what happened. But our personal experience led to me finding out that this was a whole field and that there are attorneys out there in a very unconventional way who can help you as you're literally sitting in the hospital room going, oh, my God, what do we do? Are we going to a nursing home? Are we have care at home? Are we we set up? And so it was a very unique way to fall into this kind of law and find out that it even existed. That was, like I said, about eight years ago now, but she lived to a very healthy and happy 94. We did well.
1: And you got the guidance you needed.
3: We did. Well, Mm -hmm. yes, she wouldn't let me use any of my own work, (laughs) even though I'm an elder law attorney, but I was the baby and the granddaughter, so... You know, don't listen to me, but. Do you wait until there's an emergency like that? So you shouldn't because the more time I have prior Mm -hmm. to a crisis, the more options you have. So I can do planning in a crisis, but you're more limited because your care dictates what I can do. Right. And so if you're in a situation where you already are in drastic, dire need of care, there are fewer options. There are fewer choices.
1: So at what point would we need an elder law attorney?
3: I did planning for my in-laws in their early 70s. That's not to say that's the perfect time for everybody because only you know your family history, you know what diseases might happen or if you have a long history of cancer or things like that. But a good time to start thinking about planning is when you're more settled, when you're in the home that you want to be in for the rest of your life, when you are thinking about retirement or you are... A few years into retirement, that's certainly a good time because Medicaid itself, the program that tends to pay for long-term care for most of us, does have a five-year look-back period. So you have to, if you want to plan ahead, I need a solid, healthy five years. Five years of? Of doing well so that you don't need assistance. And
1: what are some of the other things that people may, I guess the services that are out there that you... Would be assisting them with?
3: So we can help. Actually, yes, we do have um, several certified Medicare counselors, so they can help with Medicare. They can help with choosing the right supplement for you or your prescription drug plan, so your Part D plan. We have elder care coordinators on staff, so at our law firm, we employ a licensed clinical social worker. We have a gerontologist who is also a geriatric care manager, and we have an RN. So we really focus on care driving everything that we do. Making sure that people get the care they need is essential because it's important to pass on wealth or have your money for yourself. But care really has to be the driving factor.
1: Our parents can be very stubborn. Grandparents, parents, they don't want to listen to us. I went through this when my mom had fallen and broken her hip. And even just to get her, mom, go walk with the walker up and down the hallway. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. It's a a tough call. Probably hard to bring someone in too.
3: Oh, absolutely. And that is a real problem for a lot of people. So it can be helpful to have an elder law attorney to help in that circumstance because particularly one, we have care coordinators, like I said, (laughs) and that's their job. They can be like, hey, you have to do this to get better if you want to go home. And it's sometimes it's easier to hear things from someone that's not your child. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have people on your team that can help serve in that role. Also, powers of attorney are a really helpful and useful tool where you can't override your parent, but you certainly can help them make decisions and you can help say like, look, we really need these caregivers and you can hire the caregivers on, the, on their behalf and we'll see how that things go. And what about
1: aging married couples? One's working and the other one, they have
3: to care for the other. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, it's hard to have, a. I mean, a well spouse and an ill spouse. I mean, you've got the stresses of continuing to work, sometimes caring for small children, continuing to do things while you either have a sick spouse or you have a sick parent. And there's lots of stress and lots of push and pull in between. That's when you come into play. That's right. That's right. That's my job. Help I mean, relieve a lot of that stress. The best part of my day is when I've <laughs> met with somebody and they tell me at the end of our meeting, they give me a hug and they say, I just feel so much better having talked to you because I know that there there are these things out here that can help me or Or even just reassuring them that they're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. We hear so much about the housing
1: crisis right now. Everything's so expensive. It's hard to find places. Dealing with the older generation and finding them assisted living facilities, long-term care. Are we seeing that happen within these facilities? Oh, absolutely.
3: There is a huge shortage. Not necessarily of places to be, but certainly of caregivers, because this great resignation has affected, I mean, so many sectors of work, particularly exacerbated by the pandemic and people retiring and moving on, moving on to better paying jobs, whatever. There's a very large shortage of caregivers in East Tennessee, and I'm sure all over the country, but getting care at home right now is is close to impossible because of a lack of workers.
1: And you want the right care. Oh, absolutely. These these are people you love. It's definitely a challenge. It is. This morning, we're talking elder law with elder law attorney Julia Price. What advice do you have for the average person? Both my parents are gone. I'm not dealing with any older parent, guardian or anything right now. So what, what do I have to worry about?
3: So you have to worry about the unexpected. That's the big fear because none of us know how much time we have or, or what's going to happen. I mean, we could leave here and get hit by a bus and you don't know. So it's very important for people of any age, over the age of 18, of course, to have a power of attorney. So there are powers of attorney both for finances and for health care. So if you do get hit by that bus, somebody needs to be able to make decisions for you. And if you don't write that down, if you don't plan it out yourself the doctor's going to pick who to listen to. And that may not always be who you want them to listen to. So you have to make those decisions. And ethically, like if you have children, the doctor doesn't have to talk to you as the parent. There's absolutely nothing if your child's over 18 that says the doctor has to listen to you. So you have to have that spelled out in writing. And and a lot of people come to me and they say, oh, well, I'm married. They'll listen to my spouse. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's the person who's yelling the loudest (laughs) that they listen to. You also need somebody in place who can pay bills for you because if you have an unexpected illness or something happens for a long amount of time, you need somebody to be able to pay that mortgage or pay for your utility bills and make, make decisions on your behalf. It's also important to have advanced directives. So those, your power of attorney document for healthcare names a person who can make decisions for you. But it doesn't give them any instruction as to what you want to happen if you're not able to tell them. And that's where the advanced directive comes into play. So your advanced directive is that instruction sheet. It says, I want my life to be artificially prolonged or I want to be allowed to pass naturally free from pain. And it gives a lot of little choices. A lot of decisions to be made. I thought my life was stress-free. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and you also can think about a will. The law does set out sort of a chain of how people would inherit if you don't do one yourself. But if you don't want to follow what the law says, you certainly need a will so that you can lay out where your assets go when you pass away.
1: If you have nobody and no will, where does it actually go?
3: So the law literally starts finding people you're related to. They look for children, they look for parents, they look for siblings, they look for nieces, nephews. They essentially just keep going. You know, how hard they look is a different question, but then it oftentimes just goes into abeyance and it can go to the state.
1: But if you wanted to go to someone special, get your documents in order. can't just have your list on a piece of paper, filed away with all your important stuff. So
3: if it's a will, yes, I hesitate to say this, but yes, handwritten wills are valid in the state of Tennessee. Not like a computer-generated one where you have printed it offline and then you just fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. That's not considered a handwritten will because you're just filling in the blanks. Oh, so that doesn't count. No. Handwritten means handwritten. But please don't do that to anyone. Please don't do that to anyone. They can be very hard to come to probate and can be very costly. So... Even if you want just something simple and basic, I would always recommend consulting with an attorney. My favorite advice is you get what you pay for. So if it's free, you get what you pay for. A lot of great advice coming from attorney Julia Price
1: at Elder Law of East Tennessee. Just go to ElderLawETN.com.
0: Good morning and welcome to East Tennessee Now.
1: As a kid, how did you make money? A paper route? Babysitting? Not Abigail Kinsey. She and her sister Emmeline own a company called Hometown Accessories. And they even have a business license.
4: In fifth grade or something, I started selling like rubber band bracelets and then I got the beads for Christmas and then I just started making them and selling them.
1: And is it a success? Yes. What's the key to a successful business?
4: Advertising. Instagram and Etsy and Facebook. Mm-hmm. What
1: all do you girls make?
4: I make bracelets, keychains, picture frames, earrings, and necklaces. And lanyards. And lanyards. And I make the picture frames and earrings.
1: And how do you sisters like working together as business partners?
4: It's hard sometimes but it's fun most of the time because we argue over things (laughs) but mostly we just do our separate things I let her handle some of it and I handle other parts like I handle the books so like keeping record of everything that we sell everything that we buy all the receipts
1: you mostly sell online or yeah
4: mostly online Mm -hmm. my next big event is March 5th and I'm going to A place in Fountain City called the Village Mercantile.
1: The girl's mom, Amanda Kinsey, helps out when needed. She says Abigail wanted a business license after reading a book. She got a business book for Christmas about how to sell your crafts online. And it explained how to research your business name to make sure nobody else had that. And then where to apply for a business license and how to go about it. So she just told me what to do. And then I had to ask Abigail, what got her so interested in business? Is it the money?
4: Mostly just because I knew when I was older that I wanted to travel the world. And I couldn't do that if I was doing something that I had to go into work every day. So I wanted to do something that I could work from home. And that is? Live in a van and travel the world. And sew beads and bracelets.
1: Big Sister Emma has a different plan in mind.
4: I more want to be like human services, but this is fun just for the time being because I want to buy a car.
1: So you girls making enough money for cars yet?
4: We're we're getting there. Most of the money we make goes back into the business to buy more supplies, but we're hoping to get to a point where we can get more profit. And? And some more things. And? Buy a car.
1: And the best place to find hometown accessories?
4: Oh, you can check me out at Instagram at hometown underscore accessory co.
1: And what makes your accessories so unique?
4: Probably the fact that I make them all handmade at my house. It takes me time for each and every piece, and they are a lot cheaper than others. There are beaded keychains that you can find that are normally around twenty, like fifteen to twenty-ish dollars, and I sell mine for ten.
1: Do people say, "Wow, you're only eleven and have your own business"? Some have. And what do you tell them?
4: Anyone can have their own business. Very
1: encouraging for an eleven year old, isn't she? That's Abigail and Emmelyn Kinsey. They own the company Hometown Accessory CO. You can find their jewelry, keychains, photo frames on Facebook, Etsy, and Instagram.
0: Ah. Good morning, and welcome to East Tennessee. Now,
1: another small business owner you're meeting this morning, Adam Pierce. He turned a hobby into a piece of cake.
5: I started with like cupcakes and cakes, and then uh, wanted a little more of a challenge, so moved to French pastries, Italian pastries, and then started doing pop ups and markets. And probably my grandparents loved to learn, so I keep challenging myself and keep learning.
1: And one of your specialties, macarons.
5: Uh, macarons, yeah. I know everybody, I, I, I talk so, so much about macarons versus macaroons. Both are good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, macarons are the meringue-based cookie with almond flour, and macaroons are coconut, uh, desiccated coconuts. Both tasty. A lot of times I do different cookies, uh, chocolate chip, lemon, etc. I'm competing with honey-baked ham for my lemon cookies, but I'm winning. <laughs> are you? I am. Take that, honey-baked ham. You dabble in so many different sweets, different times of year. I'm getting ready for a Valentine, so lots of chocolate-covered strawberries, lots of different and floral, including um, macaron, and cookies, and um, Harvey uh, brownies and FUDs, so all kinds of good stuff. So, if you need a Valentine's gift, come on. <laughs> I was
1: about to ask you if you need a taste tester.
5: <laughs> uh, my friends all show up. <laughs> we qu- we quite often do, like, wine and cocktail mm-hmm. stir pairings. Oh, so, yeah.
1: uh-huh. And then, aside from that, I see you over there knitting.
5: Oh, yeah. Uh... So, I think when I grew up, they called it ADD. <laughs> so, as an adult, it transfers to ADH or whatever. But knitting is a great form for like just stress reliever. You don't really have to think about it. And then knitting is a great form for like just stress reliever. You start with something that as simple as a piece of yarn and you end up with like a hat or socks or a sweater. And then, so you feel good psychologically about making it. And then um, you make something from scratch. So, I like to do that quite often. Well, you
1: don't keep them and you don't sell them.
5: No. And I have a problem buying yarn. And so what I end up doing is giving them away, make Christmas presents. Or um, what I'm doing lately is, because um, it's so cold, just knitting hats. Because you can make them so fast. I can make a, a hat, a really thick hat, in about two hours. And so what I've been doing is just donating them to the homeless.
1: And you just pass them out to people when you see they look cold and homeless.
5: And if anyone wants to learn how to knit or bake, just look me up and I'll be glad to teach you. In your business? a Pierce
1: of Cake is on Facebook as well as Instagram. Okay, folks, be sure to get out there and support our small businesses like a Pierce of Cake. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Michelle Silva. Thanks for listening. Remember, East Tennessee Now is available on demand as a podcast from iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Silva, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: You've been listening to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make Knoxville and East Tennessee such a great place to live. If you have a suggestion for the program, we'd love to hear from you. Our mailing address is PO Box 27100, Knoxville, Tennessee 37927, or call the studios at 865-525-6000 that's 865-525-6000 east tennessee now is a presentation of midwest communications company